MSW Media. Thanks to Hunter Douglas for supporting Daily Beans. Hunter Douglas makes innovative window shade designs, gorgeous fabrics, and control systems that can be scheduled to automatically adjust to their optimal position throughout the day and bring greater convenience, style, and comfort to your home. Go to HunterDouglas.com slash Daily Beans today to get your free style, get smarter design guide with fresh takes, creative ideas, and smart solutions for dressing your windows. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, March 21st, 2022. Today, a source tells The Guardian that the Department of Justice and the 1-6 Committee have hours of non-public footage of Enrique Tarrio and Stuart Rhodes. Mark Meadows is under criminal investigation for voter fraud. Trump directed the Department of Homeland Security to investigate voter fraud seven months before the election. Joel Greenberg is granted a sentencing delay. Chapman University offers to have school officials attest that John Eastman never had permission to use his email account to conduct political work for Donald. New details in the Ashley Biden diary saga and a Trump appointed judge will allow a January 6th defendant's counsel to cross examine the Secret Service about Pence's location during the attack on the Capitol. I'm Allison Gill and I'm Dana Goldberg. (coughs) Just three seconds shy of our record for and i feel like you spoke very your your tone your your speed wasn't as quick so i bet you that it would have been even less than our record so we're still we're still ahead of the eight ball there so i'm slow today i'm reading slow today that's okay my voice is incredibly deep and i don't know why (laughs) so welcome everyone Mm, welcome uh, this is a lot of news today um, that we have to go over from the weekend and i have an interview uh, later in the show with zarina zabriski and she's been in contact with an engineer familiar with the status of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant crisis right now uh, and has a lot of contacts in Ukraine. So we're going to be discussing that with her later in the show. And then, of course, we have the good news. Uh, Dina, we've got a lot to get to. So let's just jump in with the hot notes. Hot notes. OK, I'm going to start with a January 6th investigation update. First, in an exclusive with Hugo Lowell. The Department of Justice and the 1-6 Committee have hours, hours of previously unreported documentary film crew non-public footage of Enrique Tarrio and Stuart Rhodes. That's Proud Boys leader and the Oath Keepers leader. Uh, Up to this point, we knew DOJ had footage of the 30-minute meeting in the parking garage. But now, yeah, there are hours now of footage uh, of the two leaders leading up to 1-6. And in response, Stuart Rhodes' attorneys have agreed together to ask the court to delay his trial from July to September so they have time to review the new evidence. Um, We don't know if that's been granted or not, Uh, although I do think criminal defendants should have adequate time to review all of the evidence against them, because if it were me, I would want that time. And I do want to point out, again, the Department of Justice um, investigated this information prior to the 1-6 committee. And that is good. That's good news because Glenn Kirshner and I have talked about this. He has told us on several occasions it's important to get the criminal information and criminal te- you know, testimony for the criminal case before any public testimony is given to Congress. Uh, also in the 1-6 update, a Trump-appointed judge will allow 
the defense for a 1-6 defendant named Cooey Griffin to cross-examine the Secret Service about Pence's exact location during the, exact, the attack on the Capitol. The government doesn't want the exact location known, because if this happens again, that's where they'd take Kamala Harris, and they don't want the world to know where that location is. But Griffin's defense is that he wasn't trespassing because there wasn't a head of state on Capitol grounds when he was there. Pence, namely Pence. Um, and so the Department of Justice says it doesn't matter because the law says as long as that head of state intends to return to the Capitol, it still counts. Uh, the trial begins today for this misdemeanor charge. And they're really, DOJ is really hanging on for this one single misdemeanor charge. Uh, in other 1-6 news, Politico reports that in late April of 2020, a top political appointee, namely Ken Cuccinelli, called for the Department of Homeland Security officials to scrutinize an unusual topic for a national security agency, possible voter fraud in the upcoming election. A subsequent directive included the focus on mail-in voting, and that's according to a document viewed by Politico. And the fact that intelligence professionals were directed to look into whether people were selling, hiding, changing, or destroying ballots delivered by mail stuck out to election and intelligence observers because it had not been a focus of widespread credible complaints in earlier elections. And it's also weird to ask an agency to look into voter fraud before an election uh, and could, in my opinion, be evidence that shows corrupt intent. And finally, the attorney for Chapman University filed a brief opposing John Eastman's motion for early discovery saying, hey, we have senior officials that will attest that John Eastman never had authority to use our email servers to do his dirty work for Donald. So you should dismiss his motion for early discovery. We're still waiting for the judge in that case to complete his in-camera review of the 111 emails the January 6th committee says are not subject to privilege for a host of reasons, including the crime fraud exception. We will keep you posted. Sounds great. And we're going to North Carolina. The state investigators there have launched an investigation into Mark Meadows' voter registration after reports raised questions about the former White House chief of staff's status. Now, Anjanette Grube, the public information director for the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigations, told Politico that Meadows was under investigation, which was first reported by Rayleigh, uh, I'm sorry, Raleigh TV station WRAL. Now, WRAL also reported that the North Carolina State Board of Elections was investigating Meadows, but the office referred Politico to the state's attorney general's office. Now, a state's Department of Justice spokesperson, Nazneen Ahmed, also confirmed the NCSBI's investigation, but did not answer questions regarding the State Board of Elections investigation. Ahmed said uh, Macon County District Attorney Ashley Welch referred the matter to the Department of Justice's Special Prosecution Section, which accepted the case and asked the NCSBI to investigate. Now, the North Carolina Department of Justice will then review their findings. A Meadows spokesperson shockingly, did not immediately respond to a request for comment on the investigations. Really, I can't understand why. (laughs) Public records show that Meadows is registered to vote in two states, North Carolina and Virginia. Meadows, (laughs) also a former congressman from Western North Carolina, registered to vote at a mobile home in Scaly Mountain, North Carolina. We talked about that in a previous episode. (laughs) Yeah, double-wide voter registration. (laughs) Right. Somehow that, that, yeah, keep on rolling for the 2020 election. That was in 2020. And that's a property he's never owned and possibly never actually visited, according to The New Yorker, which first reported his voter registration status. Meadows and his wife voted in North Carolina in 2020 through absentee ballots mailed to Washington, D.C. area. And the former owner of the property where Meadows is registered to vote said the former chief of staff had never owned the home 
And that's again from the New Yorker. Now, what? Now, while his wife rented the property for two months in the past few years, she spent only a couple of nights there. Neighbors said Meadows was never ever at the home. Never been there. Hmm. Now, Meadows frequently peddled falsehoods about the 2020 election, suggesting Joe Biden was not the legitimate winner of the presidential race. He also repeats his baseless claim in his new memoir. Now, from judges to election officials to Trump's own attorney general, William Barr, it has been concluded that there was no evidence of widespread voter fraud except in Meadows' house. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Except for his his wife's, like, escape Meadows plan. Yeah, except for his wife's Airbnb for two months. Where she leaves. She's like, I got to get away from this fucker. (laughs) Oh, my God. It is illegal. However, to provide false information to one's voter registration, we know that Americans, while they have had multiple residences, they can only have one official residence, which is linked to their voter registration. Now, under North Carolina voter registration requirements, a person must have resided in a county for at least 30 days before the date of election. So mm-hmm. resided in a county and, and preferably in the house you're registered at. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice. So, yeah, um, that should be interesting. And the fact that the former White House chief of staff is under both federal and state investigations for criminal contempt of Congress and voter fraud, respectively. Kind of a big deal. Like, what the fuck? Uh, All right. Yeah. Joel Greenberg has been granted another sentencing delay because of his extensive cooperation with the government, currently investigating Matt Gates, who just announced he's running for Congress again. With like three grammatical errors in his Twitter announcement. I mean, who doesn't want to elect another congressman who doesn't know the difference between your and you are? <laughs> yeah, and chose and choose. Now, and left the tweet up. I'm sorry. Keep going. He left it up. Now, he was supposed to, but uh, Greenberg, not Gates, Greenberg was supposed to be sentenced last November. Then it got delayed to March 29th. And now it's on hold with no sentencing date. But a status conference is scheduled so the parties can update the court on May 13th. Now, allow me to report some facts that seem connected to me. So please note, there is not yet public reporting that any of these facts I'm about to present are connected. (laughs) But geez, (laughs) it's really interesting coincidences. First fact, last week, an indictment was unsealed for a Russian named Moraviev, who funneled a million dollars to Republican politicians using straw donors. The straw donors? were Parnas and Fruman. The politicians who received the funds were politicians in Florida, Texas, New York, and New Jersey, among other places. The money was to grease politicians to get himself and his friends some cannabis licenses in the United States. Another fact. When Rep. Matt Gates vacationed in the Bahamas in 2018, he was joined by a doctor who donated to him his campaign and a former colleague in the Florida legislature named Dr. Jason Pirazzolo and another guy named Halsey Bashirs. Uh, and they were united in their enjoyment of politics, fancy travel, and the company of beautiful women. They also had another mutual interest, Florida's $1.2 billion medical marijuana industry. Hmm. The Bahamas hmm. trip is a central element of a federal investigation surrounding Gates that has suddenly endangered his political career. Uh, what began as an inquiry into sex trafficking and whether Gates paid women and underage girls in exchange for sex has grown into a larger review of public corruption, according to people familiar with the investigation. Public corruption, accepting money from politicians 
to get legislation passed. That's what public corruption people look into. Investigators are looking into whether Gates and his associates tried to secure government jobs for some of these women. Uh, they are also scrutinizing Gates' connections to the medical marijuana sector, including whether Pirazzolo and others sought to influence legislation Gates sponsored. The investigation includes legislation from 2018, where Gates, when Gates was in Congress, and earlier work in the legislature, according to one of the people. Okay. Got okay. that. Still another, following. Another fact. Parnas <clears throat> just changed his plea to guilty from not guilty in the Southern District of New York in an investigation into his work with Rudy and Fruman on fraud guarantee. The Russian indictment was unsealed in the Southern District of New York. Another fact, federal prosecutors in Florida have said that the proffer given by Greenberg has taken the investigation into an entirely different direction than they had initially imagined. Another fact, the Hunter Biden laptop is back in the news. The FBI was investigating whether that was a foreign intelligence operation by Rudy, also in the Southern District of New York. And final fact, two U.S. attorneys from D.C. were sent to the Middle District of Florida to assist prosecutors with the investigation into Matt Gates. One is a child sex exploitation expert. The other is a public corruption expert, huh. meaning fishy political shit like, oh, I don't know, campaign finance violations. Now, I'm not saying that Matt Gates is connected to the Russian straw donation for cannabis licenses scheme, but I'm not not saying it either. <laughs> I look forward to seeing where those dots go, because I have a feeling they're going to make a straight line very quickly, hopefully, right mm -hmm. to Matt Gates. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Okay. And wrapping up this segment, we've got um, from Schmidt and Goldman. I love these. That totally sounds like a law firm I should belong to. Uh, <laughs> With their Jewish space lasers. Yeah, from Schmidt and Goldman. All right, we're not a law firm, we're just firm. At time, at, they're at the times, okay? A month before the 2020 election, Joe Biden, Jr.'s daughter, Ashley. She received a call from a man offering help. Now, striking a friendly tone, the man said that he had found a diary that he believed belonged to Miss Biden and that he wanted to return it to her, okay? Now, Ashley had, in fact, kept a diary uh, the previous year as she recovered from addiction and had stored it and some other belongings at a friend's home in Florida where she had been living until a few months earlier. The diary's highly personal contents, if publicly disclosed, they could prove an embarrassment or a distraction. Probably not an embarrassment because... It's Joe Biden we're talking about, but a distraction to her father at a critical moment in the campaign. The reason I say that is he loves his children unconditionally. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, but the caller wasn't a good person. He was someone from Project Veritas. A month before the call to, to Ashley Biden, the diary had been passed around a Trump, a Trump, probably was a drunk fundraiser, <laughs> a Trump fundraiser in Florida at the home of a donor who helped steer the diary to Project Veritas and was later nominated. This person was later nominated by Donald to the National Cancer Advisory Board. All of it's just disgusting. So among those attending the event was Don Jr., though it's not clear if he examined the content of the diary. So federal prosecutors have been investigating how Project Veritas attained the diary and last fall carried out searches at the homes of three of the group's operatives, including that of its founder, James O'Keefe. In court filings, prosecutors have suggested that the organization was complicit in the theft of some of Ashley Biden's other belongings, which interviews show the group obtained as it was seeking to confirm the diary's authenticity. 
Now, Project Veritas, which is suing the New York Times for defamation, is un- in an, a totally unrelated case, by the way, has denied any wrongdoing or knowledge that the belongings had been stolen. <clears throat> like Ashley was just going to hand the shit over to Project Veritas. Give me a break. It was portrayed itself as a media organization that is being unfairly investigated for simply doing journalism and has assailed the Justice Department and FBI for their handling of the case. Doing journalism. Right. Now, <laughs> prosecutors. Is that their slogan? Project yeah, Veritas. Doing journalism. <laughs> That's what we do. Prosecutors have signaled that they view the circumstances very differently, all but dismissing in one court filing the group's defense that it was acting as a news organization, saying that, quote, there is no First Amendment protection for the theft in interstate transport of stolen property. We know someone took the shit and gave it to you, in other words. Mm-hmm. Now, spokesman for the FBI and the federal prosecutors overseeing the case in the Southern District of New York, man, they're busy these days, they declined mm-hmm. to comment, and as did... Uh, Roberta Kaplan. Um, I love that Robbie Kaplan, and she is a lawyer for Ashley Biden, and she's damn good at her job. She's a badass. Yeah, she you is. can't be a call yourself journalism and then like fake call someone and say, "Hey, I think we have something of yours," to try to get them to admit that it is yours. And yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, and also you can't steal it. Um, no, that hence why Assange is not a journalist and WikiLeaks is not. A, you can't hack into the DNC and DCCC and be like, "We're just journalists, bro." Uh, all right. Up next, a discussion with author and independent journalist Zarina Zabriskie about her contacts inside the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. It's AG. And today's show is brought to you by Hunter Douglas. They make innovative window shades and gorgeous fabrics and control systems that can be scheduled to automatically to adjust to their optimal position throughout the day. I absolutely love this. When you tap into Hunter Douglas's PowerView technology, your shades can be set to automatically reposition for the perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation, no matter what time of day. Hunter Douglas shades diffuse harsh sunlight to create an even, pleasant glow across the room. It also protects your privacy inside while you get to see out, no one can see in. And you can help cut your utility bills and go easy on our energy grid by keeping you warmer in the winter and cooler in the summer. You can enjoy greater convenience and style and comfort in your home. And what I love the most is their PowerView technology, allowing your shades to automatically reposition for that perfect balance of light, privacy, and insulation morning, noon, and night. So it always just has a wonderful glow and an amazing feeling, very calming in your home. So go to hunterdouglas.com slash dailybeans today and get your free style get smarter design guide with fresh takes and creative ideas and also smart solutions for dressing your windows. I love mine. I did them all during my re, my whole remodel, and I can't tell you how much, like, I can't sing the praises of Hunter Douglas enough. Again, that's hunterdouglas.com slash dailybeans for your free design guide. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, I'm joined today by an independent journalist and author named Zarina Zabriskie, who has been speaking with people who know some folks that are inside Chernobyl and in neighboring towns. Zarina, welcome. Yes. Uh, hi. Thank you so much for um, taking my material and giving it uh, the attention. Uh, I did speak to the engineer from the Chernobyl nuclear power point and some folks who managed to escape uh, the town of Slavutic. Um, and uh, these people also have been talking to people inside uh, the Chernobyl nuclear power plant uh, who are uh, practically being kept hostages by the Russian military. 
And I know a little bit about nuclear reactors. Uh, I worked on them, but it's been a while. And um, the reactors that I worked on are put together and built differently than than the Chernobyl reactor. But talk a little bit about what you've heard from one of the engineers um, about the where the the trouble is, because my understanding from your piece is that it's the spent fuel in those cooling pools that could be in danger because we have to keep that water covering that spent fuel so that it can not, you know, so that it can cool that spent fuel. Because, you know, fuel rods, reactor fuel rods, they, they don't stop being hot. You, you can't just shut them down. Um, it's an asymptotic curve and it never quite get to, gets to complete shutdown. But what is the danger that they're facing there and at the reactor? Right. There are several uh, dangers there. Uh, and one of them is a power outage uh, of which I spoke to the engineer. Um, the other ones that need to be mentioned before going into details are fights and shooting near the station because the projectile can hit a building and it's been going on on a regular basis. Uh, the Russian soldiers keep shooting and firing their firearms uh, even at the Ukrainian repair uh, teams. So that's that's also a danger. And um, so, of course, as you said, uh, if the power supply is lost, the nuclear power plant may overheat uh, and it becomes uh, impossible to perform operations that require maintaining cooling. And that's what I've been talking to about the engineer. And there are two other factors that I want to mention before I go into detail is the military equipment and heavy vehicles arriving to Chernobyl through the alienation uh, zone, uh, they uh, dig the soil and so they release the radiation from the deeper layers. So it's already there. Plus, currently, there are fires, wildfires ongoing um, in the expulsion zone very close to the radiator. So there's not just the power outage that we need to be aware of but all the other risks as well. Um, as for the, um, the danger of the power outage, um, the main uh, area uh, that the engineer told me about was the so-called so Hyat, it's called in Russian Hayat or Tsoyat in English, which is a centralized spent nuclear fuel storage facility, number one, because there are two there. Uh, and um, it is called wet type uh, because it was built for the temporary storage of spent nuclear. And there are the roads that you have mentioned surrounded by the pools and they call them ponds of water. Uh, so in this facility, if uh, the main threat, uh, if there is insufficient cooling circulate of the water circulating in the pools, uh, the water will be evaporated. Uh, and uh, if the water heats up from the residual heat, uh, it, uh, th there will be nothing to cool the fuel assemblies. Uh, or rods. And when they are exposed, there will be a high probability of radiation spreading outside the facility. And then what happens uh, if there is a wind, uh, and there will be a wind, it's just a matter of the direction of the wind, the particles and the dust, radioactive dust, will be blowing towards uh, certain countries. It could be Russia, it could be Belarus, it could be the 
countries in Europe that would be exposed to the radioactive rain. Yeah, yeah, and and my main concern from from the jump when I found that you know when, when we first learned that the Chernobyl plant was under attack and and being taken over by Russians was the the fire, the 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 guns, the ammunition and 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 the like. And not because, you know, I got a bunch of dudes in my feed saying, you know, the the shielding around the reactor can can withstand bullets and I but my concern wasn't with the shielding around the reactor or the shielding around the spent fuel it's the sh- it's the pumps it's the pumps and the power if 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 any of that fire takes out a pump or takes out power then you're looking at something that has to be quickly and efficiently repaired and here we have people the staff the same staff that have been there for nearly a month i believe without uh, there being t- you know it's the psychological um impact is is huge uh, after being there for a month. And so, you know, you take away their ability to act fast or to repair something or for God, God forbid, there's a fire. And I, and I have to say that, you know, seeing from what I can gather, at least the Russian troops, uh, they kind of have a little bit of a morale problem and a training problem. I feel like the kleptocracy of Russia has taken all the money out of military training. And I don't think any of them know how to run a nuclear reactor, let alone the dangers of the power going out in a, in a, in a re, at a reactor site. Um, so that, that's always been my concern. And, and now you also in this piece that you sent me, which is incredible, um, talk about somebody in a nearby town, Slavudic. And I, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about what that person had to say. All right. And I want to add to your comment on the Russian military. Uh, They're extremely unskilled and they have no knowledge or understanding of the risk or the skills to ensure personal safety when working in radioactively contaminated territories. Uh, For instance, uh, they have set a block pass, the check uh, point, uh, by the most radioactive area in in the whole Chernobyl zone, by the so-called Stella. That's where... The wind blew first when the the explosion happened and the employees know to avoid it and drive past it really fast. And they uh, sat their checkpoint right there. So these soldiers will uh, uh, be affected as well. They they clearly have no uh, skills uh, or no knowledge to qualify them to even be there. Um, they also, they, they ch- uh, checked off and broke the monitoring systems that are not working. So the International Energy Agency cannot check and cannot receive the uh, signals from there. Um, as for the people in Slavutic, and I have friends there, so they called me. Um, there is a family uh, that escaped there at their own risk. They drove uh, through. Ukraine via Kiev and all the way to Western Ukraine uh, and a lot of cars on the way were shot at but they had to escape because there were no um, food supplies delivered to town and so they were left with uh, basically only bread that they were baking some volunteers were baking without uh, yeast it, it's a, like a wartime bread of which only 230 grams per person were distributed and you had to stand in line for six hours to get this piece of bread. 
and there was uh, because the town of Slavutich doesn't have any gas supply it runs on electricity when the electricity turned off there was no light no heat to cook food they had to step just like in the other cities in Ukraine in Mariupol or in Kharkov they had to step out in the streets in the yards to cook their um and they they had to live in uh, extremely uh difficult conditions and the most of the population is still experiencing that it's just the family i spoke to managed to escape god i and i can't even imagine um what that must like that choice is almost impossible she had she had two kids and she told me she called me right away as they reached the western um parts of ukraine because she thought it was that important to let the world know what is really happening she had a sick child that was in the middle of the night they just drove for 48 hours and she called me and she said you're a journalist do something so i'm very driven to deliver this information and about the risks she told me about the fires uh in the alienation zone as well and now you anyone can see them at the nasa fire uh map it's online and right now as we speak there's a wildfire about 30 kilometers from 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 the reactor. Mm, yeah, and that's not uh good and there's several reasons for that. Um that you know, I that you know, w- we can talk about, but something that's different about the the nuclear power plant in Chernobyl as opposed to the the other plant in the south that has been taken over by the Russians or most of the reactors in the world is something called a positive void coefficient. And uh, just a real basic explanation is if steam bubbles happen in the core, that's a void where a neutron cannot be cooled by water because there's no water there. Steam doesn't do it. And that the coefficient for void when it's positive for that void coefficient increases the power of the reactor the more steam there is in the reactor, whereas most other modern reactors have a negative coefficient for reactivity. So if steam starts happening in the reactor, and, and steam is very, very bad, by the way. You don't ever want that to happen. That's why most reactors are kept under huge amounts of pressure. 1,600 PSI, I think, is what the, the Navy keeps theirs at in the primary system, is to prevent steam, because steam takes up a lot more room than water. And when you have a steam flash in a reactor, it can explode. But But when steam does occur, if steam does occur in most reactors, that will slow down uh, that negative coefficient, void coefficient will slow down the power, will cool down the power. Now, it has been modified with more enriched, enriched uranium to slow down uh, the the reactions and also uh, more control drives, which are control rods, which are made of hafnium, which actually are one of the only materials that can absorb neutrons is, instead of reacting with it, and that slows down um, the reactions. But it's still a very, very dangerous situation uh, because of that, among other things, as you know. And so uh, I, I hope that you're staying in touch with your contacts there to get updates on this. And, and you have some new developments as well. Uh, talk about those. Uh, yes. As of this morning, I'm constantly monitoring it. I have contacts in the town of Slavutich, but um, there are also Telegram channels, official ones from the Ukrainian government agencies who run the 
um, nuclear safety. There are several of them, and so they update pretty regularly. So as of this morning, a few hours ago, um, there was an exchange of 64 out to 211 employees who worked there for 600 hours for um, 24 days straight in uh, horrible conditions. They were not allowed to sleep. According to what I have been told, they were sleeping on chairs and they didn't have enough food. Uh, but now 64 of them have been exchanged for the volunteers, co-workers from Chernobyl uh, nuclear plant who live in Slavutich. Uh, these people just wanted to risk their life and go there to release their colleagues. Wow. And Heroes, absolute heroes. Heroes, and what really moved me uh, is that the people who were held hostage a few days ago had a meeting and decided not to ask for replacement because they didn't want their colleagues to be exposed to what they have to leave. I mean, well, you can only admire them and want and help them. And there was know. another uh, sort of a, a protest within the group as well, where they where the Russians wanted to bring them food. And then have video of the Russians giving these people food as like a propaganda video, like, look, the Russians are rad and they're taking care of us. And, and the staff was like, no, we aren't accepting it. And the reason it was known, uh, because uh, the Russian soldiers who don't do the right work or research, they uh, broke the lockers of the um, uh, employees and they stole the old uniform uh, from a French company, Navarka, that has left the site uh, about a year ago or so, or maybe even two years ago. So Navarka personnel is not uh, working at the station while there's a video and the photo of Navarka employees uh, distributing the food. So that was another fake. So, oh, so the, the Russians put on these old uniforms that don't, that people don't exist there anymore to pretend like, oh, look at, we're great. And of course, you know, anyone from Slavutich or from, you know, certain parts of Ukraine knows that th this is old uniform and it's a fake. Yeah. And that brings me to the whole PSYOP side of this operation, which is very important here. Um, there is an opinion, an expert opinion, and today there was an article published uh, that the fires in the areas are being started by the Russian military who shoot at the, at the grass or set things on fire uh, to uh, sow panic uh, in Kiev uh, because people in Kiev, the population in Kiev knows that in case of big wild fire, the radiation will be blowing towards Kiev. And also the main intelligence directorate of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine warned on uh, March 11 that Putin is preparing a terrorist attack on the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. And uh, I have the whole, it's an official dispatch from the main intelligence directorate. And the main point there is that uh, Putin has ordered the preparation of a terrorist attack at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant. Um, now, and, and this has to be, or I would assume it's, it's sowing fear and propaganda because Russia would also pay a fateful price if anything were to happen to Chernobyl, would it not? 
Uh, of course, but as we have learned, as we can see, uh, Putin does not care about the well-being of the citizens of the Russian Federation. Uh, it has been proved times and again. And, you know, the way this, uh, conscripts are actually being sent to fight. And then there's lies going on in the Russian state media that they are not fighting, which you know, there's evidence that they are. And uh, what the Russian people, frankly, have to suffer under Putin, I am one of them. I ran away 20 years ago as soon as he came to power. And I have, this is a different story, but I'm connected with the Russian opposition. And I know for a fact, and most of the world by now knows that the health and well-being of the Russian citizens is the last of the concerns on Putin's list. And, and finally, uh, some of these air attacks on uh, Slavutich are coming from the direction of Belarus. Do, do I have that right? That is correct. Although the town of Slavutich itself wasn't being bombed. They bombed mainly Chernihiv, uh, which is um, directly around within the 600 uh, diameter a kilometer diameter from uh, Chernobyl, uh, but they ha- they haven't been bombing Slavutich itself. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, everybody. Follow Zarina Zabriski on Twitter. It's Zarina Zabriski, Z-A-B-R-I-S-K-Y, for updates on this. And I really appreciate you uh, coming on and giving us an update from your inside information from engineers at Chernobyl. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, I also want to add that the similar situation exists at Zaporozhye and Nerhadar uh, nuclear power plant. It's as much as in danger, and uh, I'm working on the pieces on that as well. Well, we look forward to reading those, uh, and thank you for, uh, for your reporting. It's so important. Uh, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody. It's AG for The Beans. This episode is brought to you by Allform, my all-time favorite place to get gorgeous furniture customized to your exact specifications. Allform creates beautiful premium quality furniture and lets you customize it. And they even ship it directly to your doorstep free of charge, and it's fast. It doesn't take 12 weeks like a lot of these other stores to get a couch. Uh, You can design your own luxury furniture using the highest quality materials with Allform, but for a fraction of the price. I picked out a three-seater sofa in whiskey-colored leather, with walnut legs and a chaise lounge, it's comfortable and stylish. It looks great in my mid-mod house. And all form ships fast. It's just five to seven days. And it's easy to assemble. No tools are needed. And you can choose from armchairs and love seats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals. And you can start small and add more seats if your home grows or your family grows. Best of all, you get 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a full refund. They also have a forever warranty, literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. And Allformer is offering 20% off all orders for listeners. Again, that's allform.com slash dailybeans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. All right, if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, what the mutt, misheard song lyrics, whoopee stories, stuffed animals, Halloween pictures, Easter bunny, crying children or laughing children, <laughs> whatever crying you want. Crying Easter bunnies, anything. <laughs> really scary Easter bunnies, because there's some fucking scary ones. Uh, you can send them to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, I'm going to kick us off with Greg Chaskowitz, pronouns he and him. Hello there, ladies of the beans. Been a listener and a patron supporter from the kitchen days or so. Thank you, Greg. 
Here in the UK, we need a lot of support during the dark days of Donnie. Anyway, since you called out for everyone to share their podcasts, etc., I wanted to share some good news. I recently surpassed 2,000 followers on Twitter for my tiny little podcast and a little boost in my subs. My podcast is called Take It EV. Instead of Take It Easy, it's Take It EV, where I interview a diverse group of people about their electric car journey. Cool. We got CEOs, drivers, and activists from all cross-sections of society, and solo rants. It's a side project that allows me to talk to other people who would not give me the time of day. Uh, if it weren't for the podcast. Dude, same. Same, Greg. Uh, the good news is that it's going slowly, but growing steadily. Very happy with that. I enjoy listening to the Daily Beans pod and support everything you do. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Greg. All right, Greg. Nice work kicking us off today. This is from Mimi G, pronoun she and her. Hi, Lady Beans. Hello. If we've learned anything in the last handful of stressful years, it's to savor the little moments of joy. Yeah. Those little fleeting moments are food for the soul. Spring is my favorite season. When everything comes alive again, when colors bloom and air smells fresh and fills you with warmth and energy. So here's my show and tell. I live in the outskirts of the suburbs of St. Louis. Our lot is three-fourths an acre, most of which is wooded. Years ago, a dear friend shared bluebells from her woodland garden with me, and they have naturalized in my side yard, along with the many jonquils I have planted. Now, they are just starting to sprout, and it fills me with happiness when they grow and bloom. A few years ago, we put a nesting box up to a dead tree, hoping someone would move in. It took a little while, but a barrel owl couple. Two of them moved in and have raised babies for three seasons. Aww. I just bought a tail feather sticking out of it, so it looks like we have more babies. We get such a kick out of the listening out of listening to them and watching the white fuzzy babies grow and fledge. Their hoot sounds just like uh, sounds like who cooks for you? Who cooks for you all? <laughs> With all being a very guttural, deep rolling oh. sound. Who cooks for you all? Who cooks for you? Who cooks for you all? There you go. <laughs> just wonderful. That's hysterical. The babies fledge just about the time trees are thick with leaves, making it hard to see them. Now, daily we'll see mom or dad hunting, sitting on the fence or in the honeysuckle around the pool as we have all you can eat buffet of chipmunks and squirrels. And in June, the deer start to have their babies. Oh my God. I'm including pics of my bluebells, barrel owls, and twin fawns in our yard last year. In our present world where war and struggle of democracy versus authoritarianism raises our blood pressure. May these pictures of spring and life renewing itself give you a warm hug. Thanks for all you do. Love you guys. These are beautiful, beautiful pictures. Look at that owl. Look at the baby deer. Oh, hello. I love it. Kitties. I call everything kitty. (laughs) Thank you for that. That's wonderful and beautiful. I love bluebells. Next up from Megan, pronoun she and her. Hi, AG and DG. I'm a listener since the kitchen table days. And my son, Odin, six, tuned to be seven on March 26th, has listened along with me. Hi, Odin. Great name. Lots to live up to. I've been through several difficult years battling through health issues and secondary infertility, all while teaching middle schoolers science during a pandemic. Oh, my goodness. One of the things that has brought me joy during this time is Odin's love of the transition jingle. After these messages, we'll be right back. Whoop, whoop. And the whistle that follows. We sing it together, and sometimes we have to replay it once or twice Aww. to make sure we get the whistle right. Even with all that's going on personally in the world, that little moment between us each day has made things feel a little less hard. Thank you for bringing the news and laughter to our home every day. Attached is a picture of my two sweet boys, Odin and Archer. Oh, these are great names. Oh, my goodness. Archer finally joined our family December of 2021. We can't wait for Archer to sing that jingle with us when <laughs> he's at older. Archer's face. <laughs> oh, my God. 
<laughs> These boys are beautiful. My God, Megan, thank you. What sweet babies. Now that jingle, by the way, I got from Saturday Morning Cartoons. That's right. Yeah. All right. Okay, here we go. We've got, I believe it's Aaron. Uh, what an amazing spelling. Pronounce the them. Hi, Beans Queens. In the midst of all the horrible news of late, I wanted to share a spark of light. In January, I got a job teaching at an independent school where I can be out and proud as non-binary. I'm now living my... Um, MX Frizzle Dreams. I'm not, is it mix? Oh, got it. Mix Frizzle Dreams. I believe that is a non binary, um, sort of like Miss and Mr. Right. Miss and Ms. Mr. Yeah. Ms. Mix. MX. Yeah. I learned something new today. Thank you for this. Uh, Frizzle Dreams teaching physics to an amazing group of high schoolers. The job also pays well enough that my wife can stay home to take care of our now three week old daughter, <gasps> Everly. Evie for short. Yes. Like the Pokemon. Yeah. Oh my goodness. My heart is now crawling around outside my body. What a beautiful way to put that. My evenings are joyously spent cross-stitching with a baby sleeping on my lap. Oh, oh my oh. God. The story's killing me. In lieu of baby pics, we're trying to keep them off the internet. Good job. I'm sharing a tapestry I made for her nursery that keeps with Pokemon theme. Since you're looking for crafters, I've also included a pic of my current project, a full Pokedex of the first 150 Pokemon and the cross-stitch lockets I sell in my Etsy store. Search Poke Poke Pendants to find me. This is awesome. Oh, Pokedex. Poke- I think it's Pokedex. Erin, thank you so much. Oh, look at these. Wow. Oh, great. Oh, those be are cute. whatever you need me to be. This is beautiful. Is that from- I love it. Is that- that's awesome. I wonder if that's... um. Freehand. God, that's amazing. I can recognize all these Pokemon. There you go. Oh, look at the Pokedex. So amazing. Those are awesome. Ugh, rad. This is so cool. Thank you so much for that. So that's uh, Pokey Pokey Pendants, P-O-K-E, P-O-K-E, Pendants uh, uh, on Etsy for this. These are amazing, Aaron. Well done. All right, next up from anonymous pronouns, he and him. Good news. A change to time zones, DST, will not be like a Y2K level effort. Time zones and DST change quite often around the world, and the IT industry is prepared. You may recall the other former guy, Mission Accomplished, Mission Accomplished, they'll welcome us as liberators, Iraq has WMDs, that guy, changed the start and end date of DST in 2005. I do remember that. He added three weeks to the beginning and one week to the end. I, as an IT guy, remember the project to fix it at my company. It was straightforward. Just confirm the applications and he received their updates. The biggest issue we had was that the EU didn't follow suit. So DST changes on different dates make meetings complicated in spring and fall. This will simplify that issue as it means meetings will only change once in spring and fall instead of twice. For pet tax, I've added my favorite meme cat. Daylight saving time is canceled. Did you get that memo? (laughs) Oh my God, how cute. I love it. All right. And this is from Kristen, pronouncing her. Hi, ladies. The past couple of years have been on the difficult side. I've been sick for three years leading to the pandemic. I just gotten the quote all clear from my second surgery in February of 2020 just to have everything shut down in March. It was hard to finally be feeling well enough to do things and see people right uh, when we were told we couldn't. So instead of normal activities, I've spent the last few years working almost nonstop. Uh, she listens to the Daily Beans, so I'm sure she will have something to say to me about the submission. 
Oh, her mom. Oh, yeah. She's been working in in business with her mom for 17 years. I'm sorry. I skipped a line. Yeah. Um, I've been in business with my mom. Thank you for the past 17 years. She does listen to the Daily Beans. I'm sure she'll have something to say about the submission. (laughs) Our business has morphed throughout the years from a brick and mortar quilt yarn shop to traveling to vend our hand-dyed fabrics as trade shows, at trade shows, which of course all shut down in 2020. Mm. Crazy enough, in 2018, we had started hand-dyeing cross-stitch fabrics because of the request of a few customers. Now, neither of us had any idea the detail of the fabric. We just knew how to dye it. So we made the decision to sell. Uh, so we, we made the decision to sell to small cross stitch businesses since they could offer knowledgeable help. We, we of course had no idea how big that section of crafting would grow with a pandemic, keeping everyone at home. Oh, wow. we, we technically outgrew our current space at the end of 2020 and started looking for a new one. Now, every time we thought we found something, it would fall through. Finally, we connected with the right broker that actually listened to what we needed, and she found us a fabulous spot. It's a corner unit filled with windows and spacious rooms. We got back in the car after viewing it and just smiled at each other. Mm. It was great to find a spot where we were both excited about. Not just saying, eh, it could work. We signed the contract for it on Monday, and we can't wait to move in in April. I know that you ask people to share the name of their business, but honestly, we know we are blessed with the business we have. That's sweet. We will simply just appreciate each and every crafting enthusiast that buys hand-dyed fabrics from local needle workshops. Even if ultimately the fabric is not ours, it really does help our section of the industry grow. Huge shout out to all of you as I listen every day as I set up the studio in the morning. We've kept some sane, we've kept sane with the humor you infuse into letting us all know what's going on in the news. I was blessed to be a sponsored patron when I was struggling with my health and all the medical bills that can pile up with the uninsured. I'm finally getting to the place where I can pay it forward and sponsor someone else. Mm -hmm. I know how much it meant to me to be gifted that small kindness. And I thank you for everything you do and allowing such a supportive community to thrive. What a beautiful submission. That's so great, Kristen and mom. Hi, mom. Hi, mom. So cool that you found the spot, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, that I that I, that just warmed my heart. Okay, uh, from anonymous pronoun she and her. Hello, ladies. Here's a quick and easy find the cat. Figaro believes the guest room is his personal room. <laughs> he also included a portrait of the handsome devil you are looking for, suitable for the cats on windowsills coffee table book. The beans has become the only news source I can tolerate these days. Thanks for keeping me informed while I try to maintain my mental well being. Much appreciated. Oh, beautiful. Oh, I see. I see the kitty. Oh. Oh, yeah, there's the kitty. Look at the feet. I see the peets. I see the feets and the tail. Looks like a tuxedo. Yay, Cute. Tuxedos. Thank you for that, Anonymous. Great. And thanks to everyone for all your Absolutely. submissions. This was a really good news Monday. Good news Monday. Yes, beautiful, wonderful. And if anyone has anything you want to send along, please do so by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Dana. Yes. Any final thoughts? Just final thoughts. Have a great week. Um, I hope everyone is having a peaceful, lovely March. There's a lot of news coming at you, so make sure you just do something joyful each day to, to get yourself grounded and remember uh, the important things as we continue to move forward into the news cycles. Yeah, agreed. Same. Same Z's. That's my final thought. Uh, everybody will be back tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. And vote blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill, with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane. 
with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com.